Hacks and Jacks, a fantasy baseball podcast. I am Joe Galena, and as always, I'm joined by my buddy, Scott Chu. Scott, it's our anniversary, Scott. This is our 50th show that we're doing together. 5-0. My God, how the time goes. Uh, no, I, I was actually looking at that and being like, ooh, it's 50. Should we do something something special? And I was like, well, I mean, it's already special. We talk about baseball. <laughs> Goof around. Yeah. It's great. It's as special mm-hmm. as it needs to be. Yes. Golden anniversary, but uh, good to be with you again. How's everything on your side? You know, it, it could could be better. It could be less busy. Uh, it's weird. My work life it, you know, new job. So transitioning in hasn't been super, super busy, but it's been the type of busy where it's like, just when I think I'm about to get like a 15 minute break to do something else. Like that's when I'm like, Oh shoot, I got to go do this thing. It's been like mm. that all day. I'm living my life in these like 15 minute increments right now <laughs> where it's just like, what do I need to do in the next 15 minutes? Yeah. And not only do you have your day job, but uh, doing a ton of work with uh, pitcher list, keeping the hitter list uh, updated. And uh, we'll be talking about some players today and interested to see where they fit in on the, on the hitter list. But uh, let's jump right into it there, Scott. Tony Larusa making a little news with some uh, behind the scenes information regarding his team. You know, the White Sox have 10 players on the injured list. I mean, these are just not just, you know, everyday players. Of course, uh, Eloy Jimenez, uh, Yohan Moncada, uh, Liam Hendricks, uh, one of the best closers in baseball. Um, but according to uh, Tony LaRussa, uh, that number would be higher if their training staff didn't take precautions uh, to help keep some of their other players uh, healthy. So he's saying that we literally have five of the nine guys who are playing on the trainer instructions that if they make a routine out, they slow it down. So basically, you know, somebody's going to be running, uh, trying to run out a hit. If it looks like you're not going to make it, it's like they're like, hey, slow it down. It's like that episode of Taxi. I don't know if you've ever heard the show Taxi uh, when Reverend Jim was taking his uh, permit test, his written permit test, and he was asking, you know, what does a yellow light mean? And, and his friends are in the room and they're like, slow down. And every time he would ask again, he'd ask it at a slower pace. What does a yellow light mean? Slow down. Okay. What? <laughs> But anyway, I digress. But the the players that LaRusso is talking about, Andrew Vaughn, Jose Abreu, Tim Anderson, Luis Robert, and A.J. Pollock. So he's saying if you watch closely, they're good players. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like. You know, T- Tim Anderson and Robert, you know, you're hoping to get some stolen bases from them, right? Uh, and so uh, what does this mean for you, the fantasy manager? Nothing, because it's Tony LaRusa. I have, I don't believe him. I don't, I don't trust him. You got no reason to trust him. He's got no reason to tell you the truth. The man is unhinged, right? So, I, you know, it doesn't mean a lot. We know players play banged up. I guess it's kind of nice to know now, but we don't know the extent of it. Some of those guys are actually doing quite well right now. So I can't, you know, I don't really have a lot to, you know, to say about it besides like, I'm sure this is sort of true all the time. 
right? Guy, it's a long season. Guys play through, you know, bangs and bruises, right? And I'm sure behind the scenes they're like, you know, don't, you know, don't kill yourself making the the routine play at first, right? You don't need to go max effort. But like, I, I don't think there's anything novel here, and, and it's also Tony Larusa. So you know, again, just no trust because I'm not sure he knows what he said. Do like, you think he's losing God. it? Do you think this is, this is just his way of saying, hey, you know, we're not playing great baseball right now, and I know some of our superstars might not be doing the stuff that you, you expect from them. But like you mentioned, I mean, Robert, he's batting 294. He's got 11 stolen bases on the season, hasn't stolen a base since June 12th. And uh, But Anderson is batting 339, hasn't stolen a base since May 29th. I mean, do you think that this is just kind of like his way of protecting himself from media and fan scrutiny? Like, I mean, he'd protect himself by not opening his mouth, but I think, <laughs> <laughs> but I do think you got onto something there and that's the most you could possibly get from this is looking at those stolen base totals from guys you'd expect to steal more bases when you're dig, you know, when you're beat up, you're dinged up. One thing they'll have you stop doing is stealing bases because it's really hard on the body. You throw mm-hmm. your body as hard as you can at the ground and at that little, you know, like and you slide into that little square, it's a great way to just really beat yourself up. So maybe that's why they're taking it easy on the stolen bases for some of those guys, but that's mm-hmm. the most that this is worth. Right. So now if you rostered any of these players and you saw this, it wouldn't spur you to put them on the trade block in fantasy. No, no. Okay. And the, the reason is mostly that like we we always think of player values going up and down like stocks, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, and you want to sell high. The problem is there's not like actual dollars to be extracted here. There's not meaningful, like we don't have enough to know that you've actually taken on additional risk. And it's not as though there's other news that's pumping these players up to make everyone else want to buy, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's the it's a part about trading that I think a lot of people miss is that like yeah buy low sell high number one I always talk about it we don't do it very well as human beings um, like a bunch of people right now what are they doing selling crypto right in theory you'd be buying low but no they're all selling to cut their losses right it's a very human thing to do and it's a way you mitigate risk but there's no risk to mitigate right now because we don't know what it is mm-hmm. right and I I'd, I'd hate to trade you know i'd hate to trade it away based on something tony larusa said right. uh, about his potential health especially when these guys are hitting you know i i get i don't have enough right i, I actually want there to be a reason for other people to trade for these guys now mm-hmm. again in theory you're like oh well tim anderson whatever but when you ever offer someone to trade you know what the other person does looks around for bad news just digs around looks for a reason to say no and mm-hmm. then they'll find this crap from Tony La Russa. You know what Tony La Russa did? He ruined a couple of fantasy trades. That's what he did. <laughs> Damn you, Tony La Russa. Damn you. Um, okay. <laughs> All right. So let's let's move uh, away from Chicago and uh, go to Pittsburgh uh, because it finally happened there, Scott. Uh, O'Neill Cruz gets the call. And uh, by the way, we're recording this episode Monday night, June 27th, O'Neill Cruz is leading off. Uh, first of all, uh, talk to me about O'Neill Cruz and the hitter list. Uh, eventually, how long before he hits the, 
the hitter list. <laughs> um, you know, how much is pedigree going to play into it? Uh, how much will his performance on the field uh, be a part of it as well? Yeah, so actually he uh, he hit the list last week. It was right after he got called up, and he plugged right into number 82. And the reason for that is actually because I sort of knew where I wanted to rank him because at the beginning of the season, that's around where I ranked him when mm-hmm. he should have been up, right? Like for all right. intents and purposes, he should have opened the season with the Pirates. This is a, That's around where I ranked him. And so far, I'm not really all that inclined to move him very much at all, right? Because he looks like a guy. He's he's made some hits. He's made some plays. Uh, you can't ask for a more entertaining opening. Like God knows Pirates fans were just begging for something like that. <laughs> that their, their hardest hitter and their hardest thrower and their fastest runner all, all are the same player. Um, and he's six foot seven. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun, but that's, that was sort of how that one worked. O'Neill Cruz was someone I already had projected once before for full-time playing time. I had no reason to believe he was any worse than he was when he started the year. Mm-hmm. So he kind of plugged in around that space. And mostly I, you'll see that like, like a Michael Harris, uh, Michael Harris second, he's climbed way up the list. And one of the reasons for that is because he kind of slowly got worked onto the list, much like he slowly got worked into Atlanta's outfield and he's still hitting ninth quite a bit yeah. and you know, all that stuff. And so I had to, you know, to have success from that point, but O'Neill Cruz is just injected right in the middle of this lineup mm. and he's going to play every day and those kinds of things. So that'll make a player debut higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just, you know, he's got a power speed mix. That's useful in fantasy. Um, even though he's not necessarily the highest rated prospect we've seen debut this year, he was one of the more fantasy impactful ones. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that's where he, he winds up and as more players get called up, uh, we'll talk about more in a bit. Uh, yeah. That's one of the hardest parts is where to put them because mm-hmm. usually where I have them, uh, if, unless I know they're going to get full playing time before they get called up, they they're in this little part that I call the taxi squad, just waiting to get moved up. But then, you know, like, uh, like a Vinny P like I'm not always sure where to put the guy right mm-hmm. because I have a combination of I haven't personally scouted him much even though I really like the hit tool and then what's his role going to be like your fantasy values capped like even for O'Neill Cruz like it's capped at I play for the Pirates right mm-hmm. like <laughs> Vinny you know Vinny Pascatino he plays for the Royals mm-hmm. right so like that's a hard <laughs> that's that's a hard cap on your value right uh but all that stuff goes into it but yeah, you'll, I mean, you'll find, un, unlike Nick, I do rank players uh, that are either injured or maybe not up yet. Although I would almost never rank in my top 50 a player who isn't in the major leagues because it's so hard to stash. I mean, we've mm. been waiting. We waited for some of these call ups for months, and most yeah. rosters just aren't <laughs> deep enough to hold on to that, right. especially in, be it NFBC or especially just like in a, in a, 10 or 12 teamer you got to be competing right now there's only so many dead roster spots you can have for a guy who may or may not pan out i'll tend to use those roster spots on players who i have seen do it before at the big league level or the truly special prod like prospects like wander franco was a guy that you could sort of stomach because you planned for it all year right uh, last year but that's like an uber prospect and that's not exactly what we've got going on right now Mm mm-hmm uh, I'll tell you, you know, I was chuckling as you were talking because, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, NFC uh, s- s- spots. And um, so 
uh, we're in the TGFBI league, a 15 team series of 15 team leagues uh, together, Scott. But we were in different 15 team leagues, of course. But, you know, you start drafting that league in January, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> and, you know, uh, so I, I draft O'Neill Cruz and I hold on to the guy up until the week before he gets called up. And I end up dropping him for Brad Hand, made a, a small $3 investment uh, on Brad Hand and dropped O'Neill Cruz. And of course, the week after he gets, you know, Cruz gets called up. And I'm like, all right, let me put in a, a you know, a, a, a bid, you know, like a, in the mid 30s because I'm kind of low in fab in that league. And of course, he went for like 137 bucks. But doesn't that bring a tear to your eye that I held on to this guy for months? And then all of a sudden I drop him and then he finally gets the call. First year I ever played a keeper league. I'll keep this short. I had this player who everyone told me was going to be good. He struggled for the whole first, you know, he struggled for a big chunk of the first half or, or like a month or so. I was like, ah, oh, screw it. I'll move on. Um, cut him uh, in a, you know, in a keeper dynasty league. It, it was, it was Mike Trout, right? It was a keeper. Uh, and I was like, you know, I just kept thinking, oh, you know, we'll just, you know, I'll see how he's doing next year. I did not get that opportunity. Right. Uh, you actually made me feel good by give, telling that story. That's what I'm here for, bud. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, O'Neill Cruz. Uh, Bly Madras. I, I know that in, in typical leagues where you're only starting three outfielders, you're not going to really pay too much attention to him. But he's somebody I picked up in this 15-team league because I, I had uh, a couple of injuries at the outfield position. He's another pirate, by the way. Um, has gotten off to a decent start. Very small uh, sample size. Six games, batting 360, and five of his first nine hits went for extra bases. So if you want to just keep keep that guy in the back of uh, – write, write it on a little piece of paper or put him on your watch list or whatnot. But another uh, pirate that uh, has been doing fairly well, not batting average-wise, but Jack Sawinski. He had that three-homer game. He has 12 homers, only 22 RBI. And I think that um, is exactly kind of what you mentioned, that he does play for the Pirates. So, yeah, he's got the 12 home runs, but only 22 RBI off those home runs. Yeah, I mean, you just one of the things that power hitters really appreciate in fantasy and in real baseball is people on base ahead of them, right? And the Pirates just have a very limited number of players who can do that, right? It's the mm -hmm. same for the Tigers. Even if, you know, you get plugged in and it's good for at-bats, mm -hmm. right? You love it when your player gets at-bats and, and being hitting third or fourth. I mean, you'll hear me talk about with catchers where it's always good. Like, I'm always happy about uh, a catcher who hits high in the order. I don't care what team, because I just want them to get at bats. But once you start scrutinizing, like, high, you're trying to figure out top level, uh, predictable, you know, foreseeable outcomes, you have to keep a team context in mind. It, it would be really hard for anyone to drive in 100 runs for the Pirates right now. Yeah. I mean, it just, it'd be really difficult because they, they don't score, right? Or the A's. Like, that's a really tough team to drive in 100 runs for. It or even 80 runs, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It can be done, but you need a boatload of home runs. I mean, they're the types of teams that would have those 40 home run, 88 RBI guys. Right. Because, right. I mean, that that was just the way, that was just the way they were. And, and that's, that's part of the cap. Like, counting stats are really where it's capped, right? A Luis Arias playing for the Pirates is a very, very different uh, fantasy, you know, fantasy utility man, 
right? Mm-hmm. He matters way less because that's truly empty batting average. But when you bat first for the twins, you get driven in all the time, right? I'm willing to wait. And, you know, I'm still buying hard on Taylor Ward because he hits in front of two of the best baseball players of our generation mm-hmm. in Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, right? He right. bats right ahead of those guys. Like, not only has he shown talent and the ability to adapt, but like, if he gets on base, he's probably coming around, right? Like he, he's going to score a boatload of runs and there's no one to compete with him, but it's a very team where team context can give you a lot of value or conversely, it can strip it away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great point. And the other thing about Araya is, is that he's eligible at a tons of uh, positions all over the, the uh, diamond. So that helps as well. But good point about uh, him having a chance to be driven in and runs are such a, a tough, it's such a tough category to fill in fantasy. So uh, it's definitely uh, something to take note of. And, and so I, I hope, uh, I hope people listen to that right there. Runs are hard. Runs mm-hmm. are really hard. And if you're falling behind in runs, you got to go make those moves to fix that right now. Because it's even harder to predict runs and everything later on. Like, at least right now, you've got some idea of what's going on. You don't have expanded rosters. You don't have um, guys getting held out for the playoffs. You don't have anything like that. Uh, You don't have guys getting sat for an extra week because the season is meaningless. Everyone's still mostly playing all the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, get those runs now. Look at, don't just look at what position do I want to improve you need to look at the stats. Like ultimately you don't win because you had the best shortstop. You win because you had the most runs, RBI, home runs, and whatever your categories are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously this doesn't apply to points leagues, but if you need runs, go look for the runs now, right? Mm-hmm. Make a move now. Don't just wait and see how it pans out. You can get predictable runs now and people undervalue them. Yep. Um, everyone should follow you at if the true fits. And one thing that stuck out to me over the past week was you tweeted out something about Juan Soto. And we spoke about power hitters just a couple of seconds ago before we got into runs, but uh, Juan Soto uh, unfortunately have been, has been slumping um, throughout the, the entire season. He's actually uh, last I looked, he was one for one tonight on, on Monday night. Like I said, we're recording this on June 27th Has a very modest <laughs> four game hitting streak, but entering Monday night's action, 218 batting average, 372 OBP. So he's still, uh, you know, getting on base. I think the other day, I think he was one for one with four walks. So he's, he's getting on base 436 slug has a uh, 14 home runs, 31 RBI. But there was something that you you tweeted out which caught my eye, and it was about his exit velocity on ground balls and how it is not as as high as as it had been in the past. Because when I look at his his numbers, it's like you know his expected batting average is is a lot higher than his current batting average. You know, um, you know, th- th- I couldn't find anything specific, but I, I like that you nailed down that exit velocity on, on ground balls. Yeah, I had to dig deep. Mm. Uh, Juan Soto is a guy, and it, I say, when I say lose faith in Juan Soto, I mean lose faith as, as in like maybe next year he's not really in the conversation for the top one or two overall spots, right? Uh, and he falls back into more of this eight, you know, somewhere between pick five and ten, right? Because we see wider variance in that part of the draft. And, and that's what I mean by lose faith. But it was, it is a really big deal to not just look at, you know, oh, he's hitting the same number of ground balls. I'm like, yeah, and they're a lot worse, mm. right? Like when, when you can't find something, you got to keep going. 
Like when you can't find anything, like eventually you have to stop. But I was lucky that there's a leaderboard on Baseball Savant that tells you about it. It tells you, uh, you know, it tells you who's leading in average exit velocity on ground balls, right? And with ground balls, exit velocity is a huge deal because an 80 mile an hour ground ball is just not a hit. Mm-hmm. It won't be. And when you're averaging, what was it? I think at the time, like 80, 84, 80, you know, 82 miles an hour on mm. ground balls. Of course, he's not getting on base, right? He's quick, but he's not that fast. He's not Ichiro, right? Like you can't, you can't hit that weak of a grounder. And the real lesson there is less that like, oh no, he's got this thing and he can't fix it. Of course he can fix it. I entirely expect Juan Soto to fix this because it, what it tells me is he's not striking out more. It's not like he's not seeing the ball. He's missing, like he's missing it by a little bit. He's mm-hmm. missing a round ball with a round bat by a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something I think that Juan Soto can fix. Uh, it'll add a lot of power too, because if you're not getting the right part of the bat on the ball, you're obviously not going to generate nearly as much power. So it's, it's an interesting thing to see. And just cause you pointed out, doesn't mean this is broken forever. And I, right. and I, hope, I hope like people don't read it as I'm criticizing Juan Soto. Therefore he's bad. It's I found the like I found something going on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's potentially fixable. And just because you find something wrong doesn't mean that you can really necessarily critique the player. It's like, oh, well, you know, it's sort of like if I were to say, oh, Spencer Strider, two pitch pitcher, not worth it. Right. Because he is primarily a two pitch pitcher. But we've seen two pitch pitchers be successful. Hard to do it long term, but they can do it. So you don't want to just dismiss because I have some criticism. Right. Just because I say, oh, yeah, he's hitting weaker grounders like, yeah, right now he is, but he could certainly turn that around. And what I care about is, can he, you know, pick that up for the rest of the season? What I love seeing in that little hit streak was not whether or not he got hits. The guy's always getting hits. Right. I wanted to see power. And fortunately, in his last six games, we do see a home run and two doubles. Right. Mm -hmm. That power has been missing all year. Right, even in the month of June, where he his OBP is three forty four, he's only slugging four oh eight. That's mm-hmm. not Juan Soto, right? Um, the these numbers are not the guy you want, and I think he can get to the guy you want. But at least now you know what you're looking for, right? Mm-hmm. Either he's going to hit fewer grounders, which is sort of unlikely. He's sort of in his normal career, uh, sort of you know, sort of ranges for ground ball, fly ball, line drive. Uh, what you should expect is hopefully that contact coming off the bat just harder, right? You'll yep. see, like, it's hard to see. You have to do it sort of game by game, but that's what you'll be looking for. When Juan Soto's ripping hard grounders, even if they're outs, that's when you're like, okay, he's coming back, right? Because all of the contact gets better. So one of the things I like to do is find the thing to look for in a player that I think, you know, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I need them to start doing. Like Freddie Freeman went down and list and I said, I just need to see him hit for power. Right. Cause everything else looks fine. He's not hitting for power. And then he did. He hit like a bunch of home runs right after I did that. And, mm-hmm. uh, which is great because now I can like, now I, I feel much better. I'm like, I only had only had one thing that I saw as a flaw and you fixed it. Right. Did, Presumably. Did, you, did you DM DM him? Is that why he fixed it or what happened? Oh yeah. I mean, I just told Freddie Freeman, have you thought of hitting the ball harder? And Freddie mm-hmm. said, I had not thought of that. And so he did. And it went great. Uh, genius. Genius. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's brilliant, but that's the sort of thing you should be doing right now as well. Right. Mm-hmm. You're looking for 
you know, like when I talked about Javi Baez, I kept saying, oh, Javi Baez, he might, you know, he might heat up. You'll see it because it's just going to be a couple games where it looks like he explodes. That's when you buy in and then you cash out as soon as he goes a week with a bunch of strikeouts, right? It's fine. Um, or, you know, a lot of times I'm just looking for, you know, sometimes it's just an opportunity, right? How many times have we talked about Isak Paredes before now? Right. Yeah, My yeah. dude, he's not great. And all I said was, I just need him to get regular at bats. And it's still hesitant. He'll be on the oh, list. He, this he's, he's, he's on our rundown. I know. And mm-hmm. I'm hesitant to add him. I'm hesitant to add him too high on the list because that's an opportunity problem. Mm-hmm. Right. I keep saying, I don't need to see Isak Prady hits home runs. Right. I need to see that he's not striking out too much. And he's not because he's not, he's not a prototypical power hitter. The type of guy that would hit three home runs in a game. He's a hit tool guy, mm-hmm. but from there, I want to see like, okay, Isak Prades, I need you to get playing time. Okay, you're seeing more playing time. Now I'd like you to see you hit not at the bottom of the order. He's got this weird thing where he hits like second and then seventh, but it's sort of like getting a little closer to the middle bottom of the order. That's what I want to see. Now I'm seeing it. Now I can start buying in. And that's like the same thing to bring it all back around. That's what I'll be doing with O'Neill Cruz. I expect to see power and speed. I expect to see athleticism. Uh, and it's okay if it comes with strikeouts. That's what I'm seeing so far. So, so far, so good. He's, he keeps the rank that he had because that's what I'm looking for. And that's what I'm seeing. I, I'm, you know, a bad guy. I just want him to slump badly because I cut him. So, uh, but anyway, that's just me. Um, but uh, I'm joking. You're like, you're like the bizarro pirates. <laughs> <laughs> or they should have had him at the beginning. And then if he struggled, they could send him down. Right. Instead. They just didn't use him for a long time. Then bring him up. Yeah, it's it's amazing. You guys are in sync, sort of. So take a bow for Isak Paredes. Um, you, you talked about him like a, a, about a month, month and a half ago, and he killed my Yankees, had three home runs against them in one game, then had a home run in the next game. Over the past week, uh, played five games, five home runs, nine RBI, 579 batting average. Over the last month, uh, over his last 28 days, 19 games played, 298 batting average, seven home runs, 13 RBI. And you're right, he is getting more at-bats, but still not hitting lefties that great. So he might sit some, but uh, kudos to you for uh, pointing him out. Also, uh, multi-position eligible. So uh, someone, uh, he was uh, pretty hot off the waiver wire this uh, week. I, yeah, I tried, he, he was. Yeah, I tried to grab him and uh, missed out on him, but go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. For no, no former, you know, former Tigers guy, uh, which is why I knew of him. And here's the thing: sometimes you can just have these little truisms that you can't always prove. But like in my mind, it was the Rays don't lose trades, so there's a reason they give up a piece like Austin Meadows for Isak Paredes, who presumably was available for less than Austin Meadows, right? Like Isak Prades was not a top hundred prospect. He wasn't, I mean, if you've seen him, he's sort of like, he's got a, you know, he's like a, he's kind of like a rounder guy. Uh, he doesn't really have a natural defensive position on the field, but he just has a really good field for hitting and he's really good in the batter's box. So they just kept putting him at places, right? Mm -hmm. Like you just kind of stick him somewhere just to get his bat in the lineup. And that's what I wanted. I wanted him to get his bat in his his bat in the lineup, but I couldn't yet, right? And we we you know we'd see some exciting things. I'm like, but I gotta wait. I gotta wait. He's not playing now. He is. That's but that was really just a truism. Like the the Rays are up to something. They did not get rid of a guy that one of the few guys they played every day last year mm-hmm. uh, to yeah for for some dude to not play him for him mm-hmm. not to be good. I do the same thing with uh, pitchers who go to the Giants right now. Some pitcher goes to the Giants, 
right? Some random veteran. I'm like, he might be uh, having a career renaissance, right? (laughs) (laughs) He just might, right? Mm -hmm. Like some guy that usually had a flaw, like even Carlos Rodon. It's like, well, like I was like, oh, where's he going to go? He went to the Giants and I was like, thank you. Because whatever is wrong, the Giants fix it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those are my two little truisms. The Rays don't lose trades. Uh, they, they always, they always get the best of it one way or another. Uh, and the other is if a veteran pitcher goes to the giants, make a bet on the guy, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be a a huge bet, but you know, just, just keep an eye on them because Mm -hmm. for no reason they'll all start being good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very good point. And, uh, yeah. Should we talk about Vinny P now? Uh, Vinny Pasquantino, uh, getting the call. By the Royals, promoted from their AAA team. Uh, Royals made a trade today. They traded away Carlos Santana to the Mariners for pitchers Wyatt Mills and William Fleming. Uh, Fleming, I looked at his numbers, nothing too impressive. But Mills, 3.30 ERA and a 11.5K per nine and 27 walk per nine in five minor league seasons so maybe something there but uh santana really didn't have any fantasy value this season and probably still won't even with the mariners but obviously with ty france going down they they needed uh some help at first base but that opens up a spot for Vinny pasquantino and by the time that this episode drops he would have made his debut because he's making his debut on tuesday so uh six four 245 pound lefty batter impressive numbers in the minor leagues what stuck out with me and i know you you, you know you you looked at this as well just a, a 12.2 percent k rate this season uh, in triple a 69 games 18 home runs 51 runs scored 67 rbi uh so double digit walk rate uh all throughout his minor league career and very low uh k rates for a guy that hits as many home runs as he does I love players coming out of the minors with a big hit tool, right? They don't need a ton of like his raw power grades aren't super impressive, right? This wasn't like, this isn't even a guy who at the beginning of seasons was on a lot of like, you know, top 25 fantasy prospects or top 50 fantasy prospects. Like he was around maybe top 50 for some folks, but what I love about a hit tool is it turns into, it just feels like it turns into power so naturally. Uh, a guy with a good hit tool, you can get power from timing. You can get power from hitting it with the right part of the bat, right? You don't have to just muscle everything over, right? And uh, that's something that Vinny P can do. Vinny Pescotino can hit like and control, you know, he controls the ball. He controls the strike zone a lot better than some of the sluggers we see come out. That's why you'll see even historically uh, – conservative projection systems like steamer have them come out and say, yeah, we think he'll hit 263 and slug 480. Yeah. Right. Like there's a reason they're doing that. And it's because it's, it's not easy to be as successful as consistently as he was throughout the minor leagues. Um, Mm -hmm. And, but really the most surprising thing of all this is that somebody traded for Carlos Santana. He's 36 years old. He, he can't hit more. He can't hit his body weight basically because he weighs two fifteen, and that's what he hits. And his OBP and his OBP is higher than his slugging right now. Mm, and mm. that's not even weird for him. Over the last three seasons, that like that's an all the time thing. He slugs mm. and his OBP they're the same because he has no extra base power and he shifted when he bats left handed. He shifted ninety eight percent of the time. 
It's not, that's not hyperbole. He's actually shifted 98% of the time. One time he didn't get shifted from the left side. Like <laughs> That's like it, like once or twice. Like he he's a really predictable bet. Like don't, don't, there's no league where I'm like, yeah, sure. Right. AL only maybe because he gets at bats, but even then, mm-hmm. right. Like I'm not that interested. I can't, that's the part that blows my mind. If okay. the, but if the Rays had picked up Carlos Santana, I'd be intrigued. It would have opened right? your eyes a bit. Like, holy cow, what are they doing? <laughs> that, I mean, like, what are they doing, those mad geniuses? Mm-hmm. Like, what are they up to? When the Mariners do it, I'm like, ah, knock yourself out. Mm. So how aggressive, if, uh, you know, uh, are, are you going to be? Because uh, in some leagues, he probably wasn't stashed yet. Pasquantino, we're talking about. Um, and, you know, the leagues where uh, waiver wire runs uh, once a week on, on a Sunday or whatnot. So this upcoming week, you're going to have to invest some fab capital on him. How aggressive do you think that uh, someone, a fantasy manager, needs to be in order to pick up uh, Pasquantino? Well, I mean, he, he checks a lot of the boxes, right? So yeah. he, he doesn't steal. But he does. I mean, because he's huge. Because he's a good boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't need to steal when you hit doubles. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, I mean, I think this is someone that you should go after, you know, fairly aggressively because he's got. You know, they called him up to play every day. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, it's not a great environment. It's hard to hit home runs in Kansas City, but it's definitely something he can do. He's definitely going to provide some batting average, and you're really playing for the upside there. Like that's, mm-hmm. and that's the thing, How, what's your risk tolerance? That's what you're asking yourself, right? What kind of player are you cutting is a one obvious question. The other is like, what's your risk tolerance? Because it, the major leagues is really different than triple a. It, it's not like, it's not a gradual shift. It's, it's a world, you know, it's world changing, uh, not just because of the pressure, but because like everybody's got multiple breaking balls now, <laughs> right? right. And you just don't see that in double and triple a as often, right? Uh, at least not consistently. So you know, there's, there may be adjustment periods. There may not be, I think you need to be, if you want them, you just have to be really aggressive mm-hmm. uh, and probably, a, you know, a third to a quarter of your remaining fab uh, in a lot of leagues. If you want to be sure you get him uh, and you're in that league where everybody's going to get to watch him for a week, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's probably, I mean, that's, if you have to get him, I'm probably going to bid half that and not end up with him anywhere. Mm-hmm. But, I could use it in, in TGFBI. I need a, a help at corner infield, so I'll be making. And actually, that, a lot of my teams are just strong yeah. there, yeah. so I, I haven't needed him. Like, there's just a lot of leagues where I don't have room for him. Mm-hmm. And that's a great segue for. I want to take a break now, but I want to talk about uh, a strategy about picking up players off of the waiver wire, whether or not you should pick them up based on need and. and what, what, we're going to talk about that in a second. We're going to uh, t- take a little bit of a deep dive into into working the waiver wire right after this. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code 
podcast. Also, don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from YouTube videos, live streams, newsletters, off-season articles, TikToks, breakdowns, over 15 baseball podcasts on our network. We can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season. So sign up for PL Plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free. All right. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. All right, we're back. Joe Galina, Scott Chu, Hacks and Jacks, a fantasy baseball podcast. And uh, Scott had mentioned um, that when it came to Pasquantino, you know, he was going to be putting in some bids this week, uh, but he's pretty strong at the, at the corner position and first base position. So, Scott, you know, I was thinking about this. You know, it's like, we're at a point where, you know, we're a week away from July 4th and we had talked about in last year's uh, episodes that, you know, sometimes when it comes to, you know, Memorial Day and July 4th, it's a good time to take uh, an evaluation of your team and, and see what your strengths are and also what your weaknesses are. And, and I think that that has to play into how you work in the waiver wire as well. And as fantasy managers, as as sports fans, as baseball fans, uh, as fantasy baseball players, it's always great to to want that brand new toy. Add that brand new toy that uh, you know that that hot prospect onto your roster, right? But what if that player just doesn't fit into where your needs are? I mean, you know. Uh, Shouldn't we, as fantasy baseball managers, be a little bit smarter when when managing our fab and working the waiver wire? Yeah, I mean, the first thing you got to know is what's expensive, right? Buying steals is expensive, right? When if you if you weren't early on John Birdie, and you know I you know not to pat myself on the back too hard here, but you know when he came up, it was like he's got two series against the Mets coming, <laughs> like mm. the guy's gonna run a million times. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's worth some steals. But if you waited till after that, the price was exorbitant right? yeah. for the type of player that John Birdie is. Mm-hmm. And I can I can never say this enough. Anyone can be spectacular or different for 50 to 100 plate appearances. It It's something that, you know, a player will own, so to speak. But uh, it doesn't mean that's their true talent or anything like that. It's just a sample. And it's really hard to get those samples on these young kids. And it's even harder when there's not like a clean projection. And so what you always one, obviously you're understanding your risk profile and what you're willing to take on. But the other is just like, if you don't know about a player, like it's okay to take the L and just not take, like, just don't pick them up. Whenever you hear us fantasy analysts often say on these like backend guys that are, will be like, Oh, he should be rostered somewhere. But like, that doesn't mean somewhere on your roster. I mean, somebody has that need, but you may not, right? Like there's a ton of shower leagues where like actual closers get left on the wire all the time because their ERA is trash and mm. you, they end up streaming them, right? Uh, because that's just the way it goes. And so we'll say like, oh, well, he probably should be rostered by somebody. And like for most weeks, they probably are in your league. But if you're set at closer, it doesn't have to be you. Mm-hmm. Same for mm-hmm. hitters. Like if, if like there was a lot of people that just did not need to add John birdie, at least not for the resources you would have had to expend to get him. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, if you're in a fab league, but even if, you know, if you didn't have and, to, and you know what, let me, let me stop you for a quick second. And then you go on. Uh, one thing I love that you've said and working with you all this time is, 
yeah, you know, steals are important, but you know, how many steals is enough? Like, you know, if you're okay, if you have, you know, a couple of guys on your roster that give you enough steals, you know, if you're playing in a head to head league, if you're doing okay on steals on a week to week basis, you know, and there's a player out there to, on the waiver wire that's better suited to other weaknesses on your team, you know, why go for more, you know, uh, for another guy uh, that is good at stealing bases when, you know, you're already set in that, in that category. In a vacuum, John Birdie will probably outperform Isak Paredes a hundred times out of a hundred from now to the end of the season on every fantasy calculator we have, because two things, one they're uh, they love Roto, right? So they value steals a lot. And in, Roto, the answer to how many steals is enough uh, is an easy answer. It's one more than everybody else, right? So like you can, in Roto, you can always talk yourself into more steals, especially in mm-hmm. those 15 team Rotos sure. uh, that, you know, a lot of, a lot of people in the industry play, right? And I think sometimes it's hard to remember what it's like in the 12 team head to head. The 12 team head to head steals are extremely puntable and fluky. Cause like John birdie won someone a week in steals by stealing, you know, probably they won like nine to four, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> like by, by way more than they ever needed, but uh, you don't get to take them with you. Right. It's a huge thing for head to head guys like John birdie are limited in head to head. Yes. He could potentially win you that category, but like even the speediest players go a week without a stolen base. Mm-hmm. Right. We don't, the Ricky Henderson's don't exist anymore. There's not hundred base stealers. So Guys go a week without stealing a base. Uh, bad, I mean, Justin Mason's always talking about this, but batting average is another one in weekly head-to-head leagues. Batting average is fluky because like uh, Javi Baez is always going to have a low batting average on the whole season, but he's going to have spurts where he hits like 500. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, you know, it's kind of the way that goes. And Tons it, of players do that. Yeah, I mean, they just go through yeah. short, uh, hot periods and then also cold periods. Yeah. yeah. And some of them just burn really bright. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Javi Baez gets to his year end numbers from like three streaks. Right. And mm-hmm. like the question is, when are they going to happen? But when, when you're talking about John Birdie versus Isak Paredes in a vacuum, it'll be Birdie every time. And in 15 team Roto, it'll be Birdie every time. But you're probably, there is no vacuum. The vacuum doesn't exist. We're all in leagues. We're all like, no fantasy, nothing in, nothing in fantasy matters if you don't play in a league. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so there's nothing you need a league. So your league is well, going to value DFS too, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or, or DFS, <laughs> right. Like it's still the scoring, right? Like it just, you know, steals are just not usually that, that great. So, you know, points leagues too, like points leagues are nice because they do distill it down and mm-hmm. it's player for player. It makes trades hard uh, outside of dynasty, but it, it's, you know, everything's distilled to a certain thing in your category uh your weekly head-to-head categories which is like our preferred uh format at pitcher list it's like we target a lot of our stuff to 12 team um head-to-head categories mm-hmm. uh, or you know and we try to blend it a little bit but isak paradis is more valuable to some of you than john birdie will ever be because either your team build doesn't need the steals or they just they don't add enough for you. You already had a lot of steals. So like in head to head, adding more steals doesn't help you because you were going to win anyway. You're going to win that category and you only get you, again, you only get so many points for winning that single category. Mm-hmm. And batting and stolen bases are an independent stat. That means 
they often like they exist sort of in their own little vacuum and that if a guy hits home runs, you know, he has RBI, right? Like he's driving in runners cause he's clearing the fence, but mm-hmm. a stolen base doesn't necessarily come with any other stats. You hope runs, but a lot of times these guys hit ninth, so they don't, they don't score. Right. So that's, that's something, you know, I I'm always keeping in mind is that, yeah, John birdie's great, but like, in your league, someone will pay a lot for John Birdie, and you shouldn't. Right. You well, may yeah. just need Isak Paredes more. Hmm. So make that investment. And don't don't think you have to like bid check everyone on, on Vinny Pascatino. It, you know, but, fo- like this is a great time to get everyone else because mm-hmm. everyone's thinking about oh, Vinny Pascatino. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, this is a good time for you if you don't need Pasquantino to watch the rest of your league mates just exhaust a big, big chunk of the fab going after a guy like Pasquantino. And meanwhile, you could grab, uh, you know, a, a, another player at almost like a discount, discounted fab. So that that was a great point on your part. And, and like you, I, I picked up Birdie a, f- a few weeks ago uh, for maybe a buck or two. And he's just been going off. And the thing is, I did need Birdie's specific, uh, you know, ability to a specific set of skills. They might, yeah, say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very good. Thanks for helping me out there. I mean, because Tyler, Tyler, you know, I, I had drafted Tyler O'Neill to steal some bases. He's on the IL. Uh, uh, Bo Bichette, he's stealing some bases, but not as many as I'd like. But Birdie, he's just been, he's been going off. I, I'm looking at in, in, in the past month. Uh, he's played uh, 23 games and had 17 steals uh, in that in that span. Could you imagine? And in, in today's game, that's uh, like almost Ricky Henderson ish. Yeah, and but he doesn't you know, hit the runs Ricky did. But anyway, I'm yeah, sorry. I mean, yeah. he he's doing a lot of great things, and stolen bases are expensive because the types of players that are often on the waiver wire who steal bases are like Jorge Mateo. Right. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's tied for the league lead in stolen bases in 19, but he's also hitting 200 even, right? Mm-hmm. With a 250 OBP and a 329 slug because, yeah, yeah like he's a terrible hitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's really good defensively. He can steal bases by the boatload, but he can't hit. Right. So, like, that's usually what you have to stomach. Or, like, you've got a mile straw who was supposed to hit, but just isn't. Like, he's scoring runs and that's great, but, like, they're very you know a lot of the guys who get them don't necessarily hit for average or if they do they were taken very early in your draft Mm -hmm. right so they're expensive you know and Vinny Pascatino is going to be expensive he's probably worth it I I like him a lot I you know I really like his hit tool I can't say it enough it's just it's a special I mean his timing in the box is just amazing so you should pay it but like if you're really set at corner you know, especially in like a Yahoo league where you just have the first base and two utilities, like you might just have to accept that you can't take him. Cause the mm-hmm. worst thing I think you can do in a redraft league is pick someone off, off the waiver wire and then assume that you can trade them for anything. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. maybe you train it, tra- like maybe you could trade them. But the problem with, with this is you think that, Oh, I'll always trade him. But so mm-hmm. many people don't. They never make the trade because a good trade never comes. And then you're like, right. oh, I can't just give them away. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, right. don't put your, don't trap yourself that way. Never do something just to trade them unless you already have the trade like half worked out. Right. Right. That, that was a, that's a great point. I was actually going to, going to ask you about that, whether or not, you know, uh, there, there are individuals that will pick up 
a player and just for the sole purpose of working out a trade, you know, and, and like you said, sometimes you can't make that trade. Uh, you know, the, the, the people that we're playing with these days in our fantasy leagues are a lot smarter than they were just a few seasons ago. You know, everyone has all this information at their fingertips. It's very hard to to get over on someone <laughs> in a trade. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this this is not the first time most of our listeners have heard of Vinny Pascatino, and neither was his call up, and neither was a week ago. They've been mm-hmm. hearing about this guy for months. Everybody has, right? That's why the hype is there. But right. it's a you know, it is very interesting to note that your, your league mates aren't that stupid. They're not, right? no. Like, <laughs> but that's okay. I mean, we talked about this in in the Statcast episode as well. That, like, you can, but you can take advantage of those things. But this is not one of those things. Mm-hmm. You can't really take advantage of them by like picking picking them up and trading them, unless you're in like there. Are, I'm sure there's specific league circumstances where it makes sense. But for mm-hmm. most people, it doesn't. It just doesn't work out very well because everybody knows you need to sell. Mm-hmm. So why will they give you anything good? Uh, so avoid that. What about block, picking up a player just to block one of your league mates? I mean, like if you've if, got the extra roster spot, like I'm jealousy. Like if I'm in that league, I'm more jealous that you have a roster spot that you can spare to block me mm-hmm. than I am that you got the guy. Right. right? right. Like, because to me, it just doesn't matter if someone else gets him, someone else gets him. And if mm-hmm. they, you know, if they're just doing it to block me, fine, fine. Because ultimately if I wanted to place the waiting, like, I, I, I was going to bid as much as I was willing to bid, right? Like that was, if I made my bid and I didn't get him, I don't care what they do with him. I hope they just bench him, right? So his stats can't count for anyone else. Right, right. Have him on your bench. Right. So uh, as we finish off this episode, um, you just don't find guys like John Birdie uh, on trees, right? I, I know that's a cliche, but uh, very hard to find stolen bases, and you alluded to that. So let's take a look at a couple of players, uh, maybe not you know as proficient at stealing bases as Birdie, but th- there's a, a couple here that I just want to just run by you. First of all, Jaron Duran, uh, outfielder for the Red Sox, 31% rostered in CBS leagues as of Sunday morning. Then uh, I looked at him on Monday, 43% uh, rostered, 23% in Yahoo leagues. Now, the deal with him, you know, the, the, the Sox called him up early in the year, sent him down. I think they called him up again, sent him down. Uh, but he's actually doing a lot better than he had been doing uh, when he got called up in 2021. His really cut down on that strikeout rate it was striking out 36% of the time uh, in 33 games last season. And this season, he's only striking out 19.3%. Question for you is first of all, the, the, his numbers 327 batting average with four stolen bases in 13 games. So he's got the speed. The question is, you know, he, he's up here now because Kiki Hernandez and Christian Arroyo are on the IL. Um, do you think that this is it for him, that the Red Sox is just going to hold on to him, or do you think that he gets sent down? Well, I'll tell you for starters that he's not playing that, you know, he didn't play by the time you listen to this, he won't have played in that whole series against Toronto because he's not vaccinated, which stinks because it was a great stolen base matchup for him. Toronto does not stop opposing base runners very well. Mm -hmm. Uh, It would have been great. And that's really the risk for a guy like him Mm -hmm. is that, you you can't afford to miss series 
because they could just send you back down. I, I'd have to look to see if he's got any options left. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's that's really, really rough to deal with. That being said, I do like him quite a bit. I think he's a good source for steals. I think that I like that he's getting plenty of contact, even if it's not like exactly like the most beautiful thing in the world. He's doing enough to to stay up there. And it's not as though, you know, Keegan Hernandez, one, uh, couldn't use a platoon mate, mm-hmm. right? Um, because Duran's left-handed. So, so that would work out pretty well. And it's not as though uh, they like the Red Sox have any reason to stick him in the bottom of the order, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you've uh, been watching the Yankees, Joe, but they keep winning baseball games. The Boston you know Red what? Sox, I noticed that. <laughs> historically, the Boston Red Sox haven't enjoyed when the New York Yankees are winning ball games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if if they you know at least try to keep. Uh, Jaron Duran at the top of this lineup, at least against righties. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that's really stunned me is the doubles. Uh, I'm really impressed by the number of doubles that he's hitting. Uh, it seems like like one a game, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though, you know, he doesn't, you know, really, they aren't like these big towering, like huge shots. It's just that he sprays the ball anywhere. He hits a ton of line drives and he's fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a good way to get doubles. But yes. I, I do... I hope that uh, he doesn't miss too many more series for personal reasons. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I hope he doesn't miss any more series because all it takes for Kike Hernandez is a hot week and he could lose that, you know, that role at the top of the lineup and right. his value changes dramatically if he drops to seventh, eighth or ninth. Yeah. Yeah. And steamer has him for, um, 48 more games and eight stolen bases. So if you're looking for stolen bases and if he sticks, you know, he's, he's definitely a, a good option, but you brought up some really good points. And yeah, I have noticed that the Yankees are winning games. Um, like I said, we're recording this on, on Monday night. And, you know, after the Yankees just finished up a four game series uh, with the Astros. And I think that's going to be obviously our biggest hour. So, cause I'm a Yankee, uh, our, our biggest, uh, you know, hindrance to getting to the World Series this year. Um, so they, they, on Monday night they play the A's, and of course the A's go out to get out to a five-one lead. <laughs> but there is no quit in this Yankee team. So the Yanks came back and they're winning nine-five now. So you know, I, was, I didn't even know the Athletics could score five runs at a time. <laughs> so good for them. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah. So um, Jake Myers is another guy I just wanted to bring up because. He just got called up by the Astros, and I was surprised that in my 15-team league, nobody picked him up, and I think he's got some value. He's got some power, has some uh, ability to steal bases, and I think he's going to be playing every day in center field for the Astros. Yeah, and you know the other thing he's going to do against the upstart uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim is uh, he's going to get a chance to run. Mm-hmm. So the Ast- you know, the Astros have a fairly stolen base-friendly schedule for the rest of this week. Even mm-hmm. though you're listening to this on Wednesday, he actually had it like all week and mm-hmm. he'll continue to have it uh, for the rest of the week. And that's really when I'm looking for steals, I do look at the player quite a bit, but what I really want to see are the matchups. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, great uh, point. Yeah. Like, like, so right now, John Birdie is of his minimal value because he's in, uh, he's against the Cardinals for the first series. He was mm-hmm. against the Cardinals for the first series this week. So if you're listening, he probably stole some bases anyway, but that's a he's really still, tough matchup. one base already tonight. Cause I'm, yeah, watching. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I'm sure he is, but that's actually a tough matchup 
Yeah. Right. And while John Birdie can do it, a lot of these guys off the wire won't, right? right? Because when teams are good at stopping the run, you also get this effect of teams don't run. But uh, if you're watching the Marlins for the rest, of the, they grab the Washington Nationals uh, for a four-game series, and then they have the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. These are two of the worst teams at stopping runners. The Nats and the Angels are really, really bad at it, and the Marlins are about to get an eight-game stretch against them. So mm-hmm. while, you know, the player analysis is good and it's, it's really good if you're trying to find someone to keep long-term, uh, if you're looking for short-term, I'm telling you, one of the best tools out there is honestly, you know, Tristan Cockroft keeps it up. It's the ESPN fantasy forecaster. Uh, the, the column to the far right tells you uh, the stolen base matchup, right? And when you see mm-hmm. a bunch of red, you go, hmm, which of these, you know, who hits near the top of this lineup that I can grab to steal some bases, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the Pirates have all these young guys and it's all kind of exciting because they have good stolen base matchups for, you know, most of the week, right? The Brewers aren't that good at stopping it. They already have the Nationals by, you know, they probably have one more game against the Nationals by the time you listen to this. Like, that's a great way to steal bases, right? And the Pirates are just trying to win games, right? They don't do it very often. So when they get the chance, they do it. So they steal bases, right? Like, that's that's what I'm looking at. And so that was why, like, when I saw that Jaron Duran wasn't going to play for the Toronto series. I'm super bummed because that's where like base stealers tend to do it in like, they don't just steal a base every couple of games. Mm-hmm. They pick and choose their spots because that's what stealing bases is. And against certain teams, like that's how you beat them. Like against the Dodgers, for example, people run on the Dodgers all the time because it's hard to beat the Dodgers. <laughs> so you try to get extra bases and like well, what I what I really want to like instill in people is I do like Jake Myers. I like him quite a bit. What I like about him even better because if it was just his hitting profile, I'm not that interested. But mm. I get you know by by Wednesday time to listen to this, I basically get like five games of good stolen base matchups for for me to take that chance. Mm-hmm. And if after that I don't want him, uh, that's I know I can cut him because this was supposed to be the time. I got those stolen bases. And if you couldn't right. deliver it for me when the, you know, when the getting was good, mm-hmm. right. I, how are you going to do it? You know, I need someone to do this all season. So you're out or I'll be like, all right, well that stream didn't work onto the next one. Right. Right. Uh, what about a, a guy like uh, Nick Senzel? And uh, so I love the, the concept of, of streaming stolen bases. Um, I mean, he's another guy, in my opinion, that you could, you know, pick him up and, and, and drop him once the matchups don't work out for you, right? I mean, uh, uh, we all by now should know Nick Senzel as a former first-round pick, number two overall, a few years back for the Reds. Uh, Yahoo, he's second-base outfield eligible, only 5% rostered. CBS outfield only eligible, 14% rostered. But, uh, you know, you look at what he's done over the past couple of weeks, batting 308 with three stolen bases. Um, and so he's a guy that, you know, very injury prone, but uh, definitely has a, a hit tool. But uh, based on what you were just saying, uh, it sounds like a guy that maybe might be worth looking at when the matchups are in his favor. Yeah, actually, that, I mean, the Reds have some tough matchups coming up, although they will be at home. For some of them, uh, but you know they take on you know they get the they get Atlanta, uh, they get the Mets who are not good at stopping stolen bases all the time, but their pitching is fine. Uh, I do like that he play like that he plays a lot and that team plays a lot. You know mm-hmm. the other thing that can start happening at this point in the season is everyone thinks they need to make a big trade 
to get that impact they need on the roster. No, you don't. You can get a lot of this through the waiver wire. Mm -hmm. Uh, You just got to be more attentive than everyone else. Like if I was in a points league this week, which I am, uh, you know who I was really targeting were some of the guys at the top of the Guardians lineup. It's Mm -hmm. not necessarily because they have a ton of great matchups. They just play a bazillion times over the next two weeks. They've got this. Double headers all over the place. Yeah, yeah. double headers and all that. Go look at that. It's like Mm -hmm. if you're in a, if you're in a, we're in a game, like we're in a war of attrition. Like we need as much stats you can get, especially in like a week to week where there's not necessarily like a heavy, like there's not a heavy innings cap or, and you know, a starts cap. Uh, You don't have that in those week to week leagues. You should be looking at schedules all the time because Mm -hmm. I would want a guardian who's going to play eight games this week over someone else on another team who's playing six, right? Right. For example, the tigers uh, only had five games this week. Uh, no, six. I'm sorry. They played Tuesday, Wednesday, and then they'll have Friday, Saturday. No, five. Yeah, just the five. Um, only five games this week. So why would I want a Tiger over that? I mean, part of it is because they get the Royals second half of the week. So there's good, you know, there's good hitting matchups there. But if I'm in a points league and I've got Stephen Kwan, even if he's not, you know, doesn't perform at his best, he's going to get a bunch of games to do it. Mm-hmm, and when you mm-hmm. look at you know, the one of the most correlative stats for points leagues is plate appearances, right? Like more plate appearances is more points. It's a simple concept, but like you can stream for more plate appearances. You can stream for steals. You can stream for, you know, hitting, right? Like, do I normally recommend Arizona Diamondbacks? No, but I do when they go to Colorado, which they're Mm. doing for the second half, like over the weekend. So absolutely. I'm looking for everybody. Right. Right. I always know, like, if you look at the back of the hitter list, like I almost want to add, or several teams I even do this. I have Jonathan Daza, Jose Iglesias, and like Connor Joe just flagged all the time because every once in a while the Rockies get, you know, a six or a seven game homestand. I'm pretty and sure that's weak at home, right? Yeah. 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 So <laughs> guess guess who's on a bunch of my rosters right now? <laughs> Jose Iglesias, Jonathan Daza, Connor Joe, anyone who hits it near the top of that lineup. Mm-hmm. And then I also look at the teams playing against them. Right. Like in this case, you know, for the first half of the week, it was the Dodgers. So there's not a ton out there on the wire that you can get, but the Diamondbacks. Sure. Anyone Mm -hmm. near the top. Right. Are they playing any righties? Because that's David Peralta's time to shine. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't Mm -hmm. like even if he's whatever you're doing, you can stream it. You can Mm -hmm. stream almost any stat. Home runs are hard. RBI are hard. Uh, And streaming runs scored is mostly just a matter of who is a guy that's going to play the most and that his team might actually score some runs right right like that's all you can really do uh you know you hope that they hit a big slew of bad hitting or or bad pitching or something like that but other than that you know i i'm loving my weekly leagues where i have luis arias because he's locked in he's gonna hit first and like the guardians the twins have a bazillion games coming up against yeah they have i think they have five they had started the week with five games against the guardians and then they get Baltimore over the weekend, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not that afraid of the White Sox pitching staff either. And that's what they get after that. When you look at the schedule, you start to notice things where you're like, oh, this hit, like this hitter stream could really turn into something, mm-hmm. right? Because th- like everything's aligned. Like right now, the Pirates have a bunch of real soft matchups across the board. They had the Nationals, they get the back end of the Brewers rotation for a little bit. It's going to be a bit of a buzzsaw after that. But like, I'm all in for that. Like I'm all in for these guys, you know, the, 
you know, the, the Jack Sawinski's of the world, because they're, this is the best opportunity for them to succeed. I don't need to worry about the warts. Cause I'm just going to cut them. Yep. Right. Like when they, if they have to go, well, like once they have to face like Corbin Burns, they're gone. Right. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. I don't want you on my team, but when you get to face everyone else and you're, you know, you've already been hitting hot. Why not? Go for it. Stream it. Go find those soft matchups. Go find those teams you like to pick on. It will also make your waiver wire life just a lot easier because you're not going to be constantly scouring for every single little player. You're going to be thinking, oh, well, I, you know, I've got a couple guys I know that, you know, are, you know, Daniel Vogelbach in deeper leagues is always someone on my mind because what if the Pirates play a bunch of righties? Mm. That means Dan Vogelbach time, right? And he might hit me some home runs. That's what I want. So, you know, it don't be don't be stuck into thinking like it's so hard at this point when everyone's asking me like, well, who do you like rest of season? And I'm like, neither. Cause I'm not going to, neither one of them would have been on my roster for the rest of the season. Like they were getting cut. Um, you know, last, you know, I'll name another guy right here. Part of this strategy was looking at schedules, right? And I'm like, all right, who's got good matchups, Kevin Biggio, right? Uh, he started the week in Boston. He's got a bunch, a bunch of home games, um, he's got pretty much all right-handed pitching that he's facing and Biggio's left-handed. Uh, he's hitting a little better. The blue Jays as a whole are hitting a little better. That's like, that's what I'm looking for. This is the time I, I want to catch the Kevin Biggio hot streak before he had his 15 days of fame, right? Cause mm. it might be over by then. I might be adding him and paying all these resources and getting, you know, nothing back because the gas tank is empty. It is this tough is how you to beat catch it. a hot streak for Kevin Biggio. But you're right. I have noticed that he's been hitting much better lately. But, man. And the <laughs> matchups are about to line up. Yeah. So it's like, if not now, then when, Kevin Biggio? If you not now, then when? Rope, man. But, uh, but, uh, but good analysis, man. But you never know with him. Catch him while he's hot, those few games. But uh, great point to, 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 to watch the matchups. And, yeah, I mean. Two very, very important things what you're talking about. Keep track of upcoming matchups. And also, you need to take a look at um, box scores every day as well. You know, keep track of, of, of where these guys are batting, too, right? If they're at the top of the order, that makes them even that much more valuable, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, we could do a whole episode on just, you know, what the things we look at regularly, like line sure. position and, mm-hmm. and those kinds of things. Um, I will just say, if you take anything away from this episode, it's uh, you can stream for anything mm-hmm. uh, and, and you should, and you can do it by just looking at schedules. Like you do, it's not you know, the ESPN fantasy forecaster is free. It's a great tool. I know it's not our site, but it's a good tool. Uh, if mm-hmm. we have one, we totally use it. Uh, I would totally use that instead. Or like when I'm analyzing pitchers, it, I just go straight to the pitcher list game logs because I have all the information I need. Right. Because uh, it's got an explorer and it's got the pitch issues, everything I want to see. So right now you should be figuring out, like, what do I need to see from certain players or your own team? Look at the standings. Don't just look at, oh, I'm towards the bottom. Look at what points are available. We, I could do a whole episode on this too. But if you're like in the middle of the pack and certain stats, there's a bunch of people all around you, you know, figure out how to get above that. Like, how do I get out of this little pack so I'm not losing one to three points every week based on which one of us got you know, two home runs instead of four, mm-hmm. you know, like that's, that'll just kill you. So you can do all that stuff and just keep an eye out for things. Like, don't just look at the, if anything from the last two episodes, don't just look at who's, who's on the stat cast leaderboard and who's uh, at the top of the last 15 days for, you know, ESPN or Yahoo or whatever site you're on. Right. Mm-hmm. Like there's, that's the, that's the 
that's an okay thing to do, and it's also the lowest form of this analysis. If you're trying it's to win, a tool, it's a tool, but yeah, it's a tool. More. It limit, you yeah. know, you can research those guys, but mm-hmm. what if you could get them? But you don't get those 15 day stats, and what if you could just get a couple more of them? And like, you won't hit all the time, but let me tell you, when it hits, it feels so good. Mm. <laughs> like Isak Paredes, it has felt so good because I was waiting for the opportunity. He gets the opportunity, and then he's in my lineup. Mm-hmm. I'm actually getting the three home run day. Whereas for a lot of people that got him, they, they picked him up and I had him after the fact. Yeah. I mm-hmm. got the three home run day and right. they didn't, we don't have right. the same Isak Paredes because mm-hmm. I have one that has a three home run day and you don't mm-hmm. <laughs> because you picked him up later. Right. right. So that's, that's the kind of stuff that we're dealing with here. All right. So to, to recap, uh, cause we're going to get ahead. Uh, we're going to head out of here. Um, don't believe what Tony LaRusso says, right? I'm just trying to go over stuff that we've gone oh, over yeah. in this episode, right? Don't don't trolls, believe, yeah. Yeah, don't believe Tony LaRusso. Um uh I hope that O'Neill Cruz kind of I, I I don't wish him anything bad, but you know, cuz I dropped him before he got picked up. Uh I hope he slumps for about a month. Um but uh he's obviously somebody that uh, is is obviously rosterable and He's not on your waiver wire anyway. But Juan Soto, keep an eye uh, on the exit velocity on his ground balls right there, Scott. Uh, better days Absolutely. are ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what else. Vinny Pasquantino, nice paisan um, with some power. Definitely worth uh, picking up off the waiver wire. But if you need help at first base or corner infield, uh, you can never have too many. Scott, you can never have too many players with a vowel at the end of their name, like a Pison, like Vinny Pasquantino. You know, you have a vowel at the end of your name, right? So, yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, and then, of course, um, like, don't don't just wait for the guy to already be hot. Right. Like, yes. Look at look at teams with good opportunities. The Blue Jays have good opportunities. And there's actually mm-hmm. a player who's left handed. And that's the best of their opportunities. Uh, who just recently got put the top of the lineup on Saturday. He hit first for them. He let off, uh, especially because we're still not sure what's going on with George Springer. And like he can break, you can be on the breakout now, mm-hmm. right? You have a reason to add him now. And if it doesn't work out, fine, you can cut him. But you could, like, you could get the streak while everyone else is talking about, I should add him because he's on a hot streak. Who are we talking about? Biggio? Oh yeah, Biggio. Anybody? Yeah, yeah. Anybody, no, because right? you, you, like, you know you just be, talked about be you in know, front the, of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so that's it. Uh, I think we we covered everything, right? Uh, and also a big thing is we we covered that you could stream almost anything and, and stolen bases as well, especially stolen bases. So I, I think that slams the lid on things for today, there, Scott. Um, and uh, we'll see you next week. Don't forget to follow me at Joe Galina. Follow this man Scott at If the Chew Fits. Uh, check out the hitter list, which he puts out every week. Uh, you could follow our podcast at Hacks and Jacks PL. Uh, subscribe to our podcast wherever you uh, get your podcast content. Leave us a nice review if you don't mind. And as always, we hope that all of your fantasies become realities. And we'll see you next time.